Come with me and you'll see All the junk we stash behind the curtain There is no word I know In this world that rhymes with curtain I'm fairly certain Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Behind the Curtain interview. I am uh, joined today by uh, Tom from Non-Standard Action. And uh, how, how do I, is it the sh like Non-Standard Action show? Should I call it that? Because <laughs> it's not, it's a Twitch show, right? <laughs> it is, yes, it is a Twitch show. Okay. We uh, we call ourselves Non-Standard Action. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we are a show. Very, very nice to meet you. Uh, and I, uh, I did watch one of your one of your episodes on the Twitch, and I have to say, the first thing that caught my eye, um, uh, aside from the cast, because I think you're you have a really really great group of people. They're very funny together. Um, but the how clean the presentation was on the stream itself. I uh, the like the the overlays that you have. Uh, it just it was it was just presented very well. It was very colorful and and bright and inviting. So. Um. Oh. Yeah, probably one of my favorite parts when I was watching that uh that first uh, episode that I I I just randomly picked. I don't even remember which one it was. So. <laughs> oh well. Well, thank you very much, Spencer. That uh that means a lot. Uh, I I cannot take any credit for that. Although I would happily uh because yeah. I agree. I think our our stuff is great. But uh that is all Nick. Uh, one of the players in both yeah they are not uh they're not jamming anymore they're our eternal gm yeah uh, typically <laughs> okay. but uh uh they are playing because they uh volan told me to run this season <laughs> uh, and i say that with you know with the greatest amount of love uh but uh they are responsible for our assets they uh that is that well is one of their things very cool yeah pass uh pass along my compliments to them because they they do a wonderful job with those <laughs> absolutely i will thank you yeah and uh I should say, uh, in general, thank you very much for having me on. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I am uh, the GM of Non-Standard Action's fourth series that we're running. I, I run every Sunday. Um, and I say fourth series uh, specifically because we are running two games at once, uh, mm -hmm. Sundays and Thursdays. Uh, Jet, one of the players in my game, is the GM, and I'm the player. We swap, cool. you know, we swap places on Thursdays. Uh, he runs us through some Rise of the Star Lords, we're calling it. Cool. Uh, which is it is a homebrew? It is a Starfinder adaptation okay. of Rise of the Rune Lords from Pathfinder One. Cool. Pathfinder First Edition. Nobody says Pathfinder One, I'm sure. <laughs> I never played Pathfinder First Edition. Uh, um, but, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I, of course, am running us through Fly Free or Die uh, because I'm a huge fan of Firefly, and this mm -hmm. was, of course, the Firefly AP. Yes. And having a great time with it. Yeah, I uh, uh I I got the first book for Christmas last year and I can I can say it's it looks very very firefly, uh very uh mm. just very uh very exciting, very fast-paced as well. <clears throat> yes, yeah. Uh there are it is a sincere departure from Dead Sons, for okay. instance. Dead Sons and Against the Aeon Throne and uh, Signal Screams, not so much. Signal Screams was also kind of a uh, small picture, right? Yeah. But uh, I, I have been greatly fortunate to be able to play through all of them. Remember, I mentioned that Nick was the Eternal GM. Uh, mm -hmm. 
So that was uh, that's been great. But Fly for Your Die is a big departure from the Save the Universe. There's a big threat to life as we know it kind of thing. Uh, and it doesn't seem to we're we're in book four right now. It doesn't seem to be changing from that, which is very refreshing in a way. Very cool. Uh, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's it's it's really good. It's, yeah. I can definitely recommend this AP to anybody. Sometimes it's nice to uh, take the weight of the entire fate of the universe off your shoulders yeah. for uh, an adventure and just be smugglers yeah. for once. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really cool. And it invites a different kind of character yeah. as well for the PCs to build. So I, uh, I've, I'm i in love with all of the PCs that the uh, the characters have made. As soon as they started like showing them to me, I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. Oh, my gosh. This, <laughs> you have no idea what you're getting yourself into building yeah. that character. But OK, here we go. <laughs> It's it's good. It's yeah. a lot of fun. That's that does sound like a lot of fun. Uh, before we go too much further, though, I would like to uh, do my icebreaker questions. I do this with everybody, and these are just some fun little questions that uh, that I just came up with real quick. Um, and I've just got a few of them for you. We'll just run through them real quick. But my first question is. Which Hunger Games district do you think you do well in? And then if you don't know the number, you could just say like what profession in the Hunger Games world you think you would you would fare well in. Mm, okay. So I would probably I really do enjoy I don't think there's a TTRPG playing district in the Hunger Games from what I remember of it because that's one of my big passions. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that would there's... be that would be a uh, some some like subculture in the capital. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah probably, yeah. They, probably. The, they would also like dress up in like full costume and makeup and then play oh, yeah. play ttrpg games <laughs> yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent um so either that or i would probably be uh one of the uh is there a district that's responsible for cooking and stuff like that mm, i know there's a farming district am i remembering the farming i'm probably yeah. remembering the farming yeah district. the farming yeah, okay mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to go with farming. Yeah. So farming or uh, subculture in the capital. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And I remember the capital are real jerks, so I don't want to be from the capital. <laughs> <laughs> they're just uh, they're just very far removed from everything else. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very different, different life from the from the rest of the of the country. So uh, my next for question sure. for you is what is your favorite Starburst flavor? Mm, strawberry. Okay, because that could t- this this does tell a lot about a person. So, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, do you follow the recommended serving size when it comes to ice cream? Ooh, I should. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. <laughs> Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's one scoop. Sometimes it's definitely more than one yeah. scoop. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit more than that half cup they, they tell you to eat. <laughs> oh, who's taking a measuring cup out to measure their ice cream? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Who wants yeah. to, to to get one spoon and then pack it into another spoon only to then put it in a bowl is, is what I want dishes. to know. Yeah. I'm, sa- I'm saving the environment by not using as many as much water and soap yeah. and exactly. wearing out my sponge from all this ice cream that I'm eating. It's you just, just eat it right out of the carton. Oh yeah. 
Well, yeah. when you get down to the bottom of a Ben and Jerry's, that's how it goes. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Those things are perfect too. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, my last lightning round question for you is: What is the best Halloween costume you've ever had? Ooh, that's a that's an easy one for me. I am hey. very tall, and I love Lord of the Rings, so I have played Gandalf. Uh, and by played Gandalf, I mean dressed up as Gandalf. <laughs> very uh, cool. Or yeah, yeah. It's it's always a hit with the uh, the kids at school. Yeah, uh, I was I was gonna ask like, that. Do they do you dress up at school? So that's very cool. <laughs> oh yeah, it's one yeah. of the benefits of being at an elementary school. Yeah. Is uh, every holiday is a big thing, and Halloween. Uh, I've worn the Gandalf costume twice, and both <laughs> years it's oh, Dumbledore, and I'm like I'm Dumbledore. God, <laughs> you uncultured children. <laughs> But I, I love my I love all of my children very very much. That's that's when you make Lord of the Rings re- required reading in the class. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Especially. Well, maybe we can do the Hobbit. We'll do the yeah, Hobbit. Yeah, the Hobbit. The Hobbit for sure. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for uh, humoring me with the uh, lightning round questions. I just think they're really fun icebreakers, and they let listeners get to know you a little bit better in a in a fun, silly sort of way. Um. But oh, yeah. but now we'll we'll move on to the uh, the meat and potatoes of the uh, of the interview. I wanted to start the interview off. Um. And I do this. I do this again with almost everybody I interview. Um. Is is ask them what their origin story is when it comes to uh, tabletop role playing games. Um. Specifically, like how did you get into them? Uh. Favorite memory that you might have from um. Uh, from uh, your first time playing or, or one of the first times you played and then uh, and and you are a GM so I, I, I like to ask people as well uh, like memories they have from their first time uh, being a GM as well so take it away <laughs> excellent all right so I love a good origin story yes uh, and I also love talking about myself so this is great <laughs> uh, so I started my first exposure to uh, TTRPGs in a very close uh, proximity was fourth edition back in college. Uh, I was uh, mm-hmm. friends with a bunch of nerds uh, to varying degrees of nerdery. And I say that as a term of endearment, not Absolutely. a derogatory no. term. Yes. Uh, we, we call our fans the uh, nonsense nerds, uh, nonsense <laughs> short for non-standard action. So uh, nerd is a big thing. But so I was I was friends with a bunch of nerds in college. However, I thought to myself, you know, if I play Dungeons and Dragons, I'm going to be that that's a bridge too far. There's no way that I'll ever recover from this socially. Uh, This was a foolish thought. Uh, I I now see in retrospect, this is one of those things that you uh, you look back on and cringe. Yeah, Uh, but that is a sign of character development. I've I've recently uh, been told. So I really like that way of thinking of it is, you know, if you look back at your past and cringe, that means you're you're getting character development. And that's great. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a great way to look at it. That is a beautiful I, I, life lesson. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And boy, howdy, have I gotten a lot of character development. <laughs> so after that, uh, one of those, uh, it should be noted as well that I was uh, small, di- small diversion. I thought D&D was too nerdy uh, for me as a college student. However, I was the founder and president of the Quidditch team oh at my Ithaca God. College. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. So there's... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's the look at the kettle calling the pot black? Exactly. So yeah, that was great. It was it was a good time though. Yeah. But 
Same. Uh, in fact, one of those D&D playing nerds was also one of the co-founders of that Quidditch team. And we stayed in touch. He's one of my close friends uh, to this day. And uh, a couple of years after I graduated from college, said, uh, hey, man, listen to this podcast. It's They play D&D 4th Edition, which I know is, a again, a touchy subject for some people. Some yeah. people don't like D&D 4th Edition. Some people don't like 5th Edition. Some people cling to Pathfinder 1, et cetera, et cetera. It's amazing Everybody how, had- uh, how controversial... Uh, systems can be. <laughs> oh, be. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's again, it's because we're all nerds and yeah. <laughs> all of the good and bad things that come with that, we're all very passionate about our uh, opinions. Uh, yeah, hey, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, same friend uh, mm-hmm. reached out to me and said, hey, listen to this D&D podcast. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll give it a try. Oh, wow, this sounds really cool. Hey, can we play D&D 4th Edition? And so I made myself a, uh, a Rune Priest, which was one of the least supported classes in 4th oh, Edition, no. but I, I loved him to death. It was so cool. And we played a couple sessions with uh, my my now fiancé and her brother. Um, I dragged both of them into this as well because you can't you could play D&D as, as a one-player game with a GM, but then it's like... Yeah. So I got the two of them involved as well. And uh, one of my favorite memories from that first game was uh, we were all a bunch of murder hobos because, (laughs) again, it was it was D&D fourth edition. It it was D&D the board game, as some people call it. (laughs) And so the thought was, okay, we're on a map. Clearly, we're supposed to kill everything here. Yeah. So um, we uh, we were sent on a fetch quest mm-hmm. into the sewers of the city, a very, very classic affair. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking for a treasure map uh, for, for this guy. And we are told, hey, there's going to be some goblins there. Sure enough, we fight the goblins. The goblins start outnumbering us and we get overwhelmed. We're brought before who we are introduced to as the Goblin King, this big, massive, imposing goblin sitting on a throne in the sewers. And uh, his seneschal comes forward and says, The king would like to know why you have stolen his poetry. And that was the biggest WTF moment I had ever had. Up to that point, I was like, his, his poetry? What do you mean? Yeah. And so it became this whole thing, and that it just I'll never I'll never forget. Uh, anytime any Goblin King is mentioned from now on, it's always that voice. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, very cool, very cool. It sounds like uh, it sounds like your first group was a good group, which is always the hope when people start playing uh, playing games because there's too many horror stories out there. Yes, <laughs> for, I have been. Timers, so. <laughs> I've been very fortunate in my uh, TTRPG experience yeah. to generally find, uh, generally land uh, on my feet with a good group. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, what yeah. uh, What made you want to start GMing? Uh, make and make the transition to the GM seat. So, it started as with uh, pretty much any GM. Uh, it's it's cliche for me to even say, but uh, I wanted to play and nobody wanted to run. Yep. And so I was like, well, I could probably try. 
And so, you know, I, I talked to my, I, uh, the staff of the marching band that I was uh, part of, the staff of. Uh, so, like, you know, the head band director and his wife, who was my friend from high school and, like, all this stuff. And so we, uh, I, I threw together, like, a campaign, uh, had very lofty goals. It didn't, it didn't take off because I had a hard time. It was homebrewing. Yeah. I, uh, I was trying to build it whole from whole cloth. And that is challenging. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. Uh, Especially for yeah. your first time, too. I made the same mistake yeah. when I when I first got into GMing too. I tried to homebrew an entire world and then realized, well, there's you know hundreds of books out there that 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 help me make yeah. an adventure. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I've uh, to that end, I've had uh, much greater success with following, you know, coloring outside of the lines mm -hmm. uh, with. Uh, published materials and stuff like that. Uh, but a very quick uh, story about my first time that I ran, I was, uh, I had, uh, again, a classic bandit fight on the roads. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the Red Brand Gang. And the head of the Red Brand Gang is going to be named Grant, Grant Red Brand. And this this is one of those moments where like, you know, the GM thinks of something and they're like, oh, OK, that makes perfect sense. And that's totally I never I never said his name out loud. Yeah. And so I then like say, oh, yeah, this is I'm Grant Red Brand of the Red Brand Gang. And everybody was like, Brand Red Band? What? What's his name? <laughs> and it just it just became like, you know, they still uh, they still don't let me forget it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, and, and, and I, players are notorious for that. They never let you forget anything. There's always, oh, yeah. There's always something. My worst is, uh, is I I meant to say brazier, but I read it as brazier, and they still won't let it go. Mm. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, th that's you could hardly be blamed for that. They're so similar. Right? They look um, so close on the page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so then I, I transitioned to running. Uh, well, I didn't run another game until uh, the same friend who taught me about D&D 4th Edition and introduced me to uh, the D&D podcast was Critical Hit. I think they're still running now. I've stopped listening to them since. But mm -hmm. uh, he introduced me to the Starfinder podcast, Cosmic Crit. Okay. Uh, they were playing through Dead Sons, and mm -hmm. he was like, hey, this is a system that I'm really interested in. Uh, I might want to play someday, so why don't you listen to it, see if you like it, and we could get a game together. And I was like, oh, man, science fantasy? <laughs> I could play a lizard person? I could play a rat person? Like, oh, people with weird antennae and stuff? All right, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I downloaded the four rulebook and uh, joined Cosmic Crit's server. They were just starting to run society games. And, okay. Uh, Starfinder Society. I don't know. I don't know if you've you've might have experienced uh, organized play through them before. Through uh, Starfinder Society. Yeah, Starfinder or Pathfinder Society. Yeah. I, I know they're mm -hmm. similar. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've had Sorry. a couple experiences I, with Society. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't. I didn't want to assume. No. But um, <laughs> you're good. yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, I started playing Society with them, and then same thing. I started running out of games to play in, and so I started running them instead. And then I took the leap into running Dead Sons because I was like, hey, I like this story a lot. I could probably tell it pretty well. Um, and that was the uh, that was the first AP that I ran in okay. Starfinder. And then uh, Dead Sons. So this. Uh... 
you mentioned this before about uh, Dead Sons, about how you had converted uh, Dead Sons to be a first through 20th level campaign. Is this the same uh, campaign on the show, or is this a different uh, Dead Sons campaign that you ran? This this is, uh, this is these, it's the classic Dead Sons AP. It's a different crew than what, than who you see on uh, non-standard action. This mm-hmm. was, uh, I, I, I call them my Wednesday game okay. uh, because we, we meet Wednesdays. Uh, but yeah, so this is, uh, nobody on this crew is on non-standard action. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, um, I converted it to levels one through 20 because as is a, I don't know how common the, uh, complaint or wish, uh, to put it in nicer terms is of Paizo, uh, not, Paizo hasn't released any one to 20 content yet, except Mm -hmm. for now Devastation Arc, yes. But at the time we didn't have any level one to 20. We weren't looking like we were going to get into one to 20. And I was like, you know what? They developed these rules up to level 20 and gosh darn it i want to play it and if i if i can't play it i'm gonna run it so other people can have the pleasure of playing it um Mm -hmm. and so i approached the group we didn't start book one i ran all the way just as is Mm -hmm. uh and midway through book two i was like hey guys how do we all feel about running this up to 20 here's my plan uh and so the plan uh they agreed to it but the plan was um Starting with book three, will every time the book says that you level up, you level up twice. Okay. And that, uh, the timing worked out where that r- roughly worked out to get them to level 20 by uh, before the end of book six. Cool. And yeah, yeah. And so I, because with milestone, uh, I say when the book tells you to level up, uh, milestone yeah. <laughs> leveling is yeah. a miraculous thing uh, <laughs> without having to keep track of XP and stuff. Yeah. It just makes it so much easier. I love it. Greatest I know invention. Some people, Greatest invention ever, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Because you know what? It, it, it just makes sense in the story yeah. sometimes. It's like, why would you level up? Right after you beat the big bad boss or something yeah. like that, you want you want to level up before you get there. Yeah. So. Or or make it like like the super great re- reward that you you know you finally you've ended the book now you're going on this new adventure but you've you've discovered more about yourself so here's a new level as well. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it feel more earned mm-hmm. and less uh, less behind the scenes. Uh, pay no attention yeah. to the man behind the curtain less, kind of deal. Less calculated. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> so, but speaking of calculations, there were a lot of things to uh, change up behind the scenes uh, running an AP that was written for level 12. It wasn't so bad in book three, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just bumping up the CR of a couple monsters here and there and swapping out some uh, gear that the monsters are going to be dropping as a result okay. because... The, the the PCs by the end of book three, I want to say they were like level nine or something like that. So they don't want to be getting level six, level seven weapons yeah. anymore mm-hmm. uh, as the quote unquote big drops, because those would be big drops in book three. But so, yeah, treasure was the biggest problem that I had be, uh, and not like leveling up the numbers, leveling up the NPCs and the mm-hmm. monsters and whatnot. Yeah, because uh, an amazing tool that Paizo published is in hidden in the back of Alien Archive 1. Uh, like page, I think I still have it memorized, like page 128 through 133 or something are just these tables of numbers. And at first they're really intimidating, but then all you have to do is just, 
okay, this, this, I did some calculations like, okay, the PCs should be level six here, but they are level nine now. So I'm going to bump up the CR of each of the monsters by three levels for this encounter. Uh, okay. And so then there's a table in the back of Alien Archive one that says, okay, you've got a CR nine monster. Well, it's AC should be this. EAC, AAC, uh, KAC, its hit points should be that. Uh, the DCs, if it's a spellcaster or has special abilities, all of its DCs should be XYZ number and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And it should have this to hit and this damage uh, bonus. All of it. They calculated it all out. Mm. And so that made it really easy, actually, to to scale it up. It did take more time to prep, but yeah. it it wasn't as much as I was worried about at first. That's so, great. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. even imagine when that would be like in Pathfinder 1st Edition. And I am familiar with Starfinder. I play it regularly, but I don't think I've ever touched the tables in the back, uh, maybe once or twice, mm. to like like find information on, on swapping out like an ability or something. I don't I don't know exactly, but um, that sounds yeah. really cool. It, it, it does sound like they took a lot of the guesswork out of uh, <clears throat> wanting to change things. Um, that's yeah that's that's what i've heard from uh people compare it to pathfinder one where they're like oh my gosh it's so much easier to just pull numbers from the table and yeah. say okay here is this mo i've just pulled this monster out of my brain and now i have mm -hmm. stats for it because i have this table in front of me yeah <clears throat> the only way yeah. i know of doing it in, in first edition i've asked my uh my older brother who's who's played longer than i have and i said how do you uh how do you like homebrew monsters or or bump up something and he says well really you just have to look at at similar creatures at that level and then decide what yours is good at and and just start building the encounter um, but it can be very, it can be very uh, tedious, and very frustrating at times, and there's a lot of guesswork too. Because every time I I prep something, it's like, is this gonna kill them, or are they gonna like kill this in two rounds? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That was uh, scaling it up did lead to some interesting, uh, some interesting <laughs> bet, encounters. Yeah. There was. Uh, well, and it, it was so cool. Oh my gosh, I I was nerding out sometimes because there were some really cool <laughs> monsters in the in the Alien Archives that we'll never see play, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. they're like, oh, this is a CR sixteen, this is a CR nineteen. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think the have you seen the uh, Zitzi Mittel? It's a gigantic. It is uh, uh, mechanically colossal. Okay. Um, uh, metallic skeleton. It's like an undead monstrosity. Which uh, which Alien Archive is that in? I believe it's an Alien Archive two. Two. Okay. Um, yes, but so I, I when I was reading because I I love I love the Alien Archives. They're so cool to just flip through and see like oh my gosh that monster would mess you up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This monster can shoot. You know like it turns uh, the Zitsumitil for instance turns any healing in a certain area around it into uh, negative damage oh and you gosh. take damage when you should have healed which is usually not what you want to do no. <laughs> when you need hit point healing <laughs> oh my gosh it's wow. so good so yeah the Zitsumitil very very mean and I threw three of them at my PCs uh, oh my I don't gosh. know yeah I don't know how familiar you, familiar you are with the uh, uh, Dead Sons Book Six. A little bit. I have it. I okay. I've never gotten that far in it though. 
Uh, no worries. So there's there's a fight where mm-hmm. you're supposed to fight these uh, three of these creatures that you fought one of in book three, and it was this big triumphant, like, ah, remember how, you know, this gave you so much trouble, and now, like this? Well, I took them out because they were, you know, lame sauce for level 20 PCs yeah. at the time. <laughs> and so I I had them fight, uh, oh, it was two. It was two Zitzimitl. But regardless, gigantic skeleton, mm-hmm. and my fiance's Solarian, uh, which, you know, the running joke is that Solarians are uh, underpowered and yada, yada, yada. And I think I, anybody who thinks that still is just uh, needs to needs to look at it again. They really because... do because they channel the power of stars. So, oh, they're yeah. so cool. They're, they're so cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. The Solarian is my first uh, one of the first characters that I built. And I was like, I want to build a uh, and uh, I built a Bore Isoki. I want to build an undead rat who is a Jedi. <laughs> And I did just that. But so my fiance was playing a dragon in Solarian and she, with three attacks, a full attack, she killed this Zitzimittal, which had like 400 health in one round. Holy I cow. Was, I was horrified. It's like... Oh my God, this was supposed to be hard. So like, it, that's a in a really long roundabout way. If you couldn't tell, I I really do like to talk. Uh, in a long roundabout way, that's me. That's me saying, you know, like yeah, uh, scaling things up was a lot of fun. Yeah. But it was there was still some guesswork involved, mm-hmm. and sometimes I definitely missed the mark on. Oh, this is going to be challenging, or oh, this should be easy, and then it was like really hard for yeah. some reason. So. Uh, yeah, well, I but... I think I think it's pretty cool because you had three books that you did. So you just started in book three, right? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, at the beginning of book three. So okay. the first two books were normal. Okay. Yeah, I think I think well, so four books and you had yeah four books and and I think uh, the very least um, I I you know you took a lot of a, a like a lot of training away from it. You learned what worked, what didn't work. Um, yeah, and, I, and yeah. I think yeah, I think that's I think that's really cool. I think I think that is the most valuable thing as as a GM is just learning, uh, and then and then uh, growing on what you've learned um, in in future games. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's uh, I learned so much from Running Dead Sons, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I was very fortunate. Again, I've I like I said before, I've been very lucky to only play with like really cool people. Yeah. <laughs> I have, uh, I, I, I've not had a problem player, uh, aside from, you know, society play again, like it's mm-hmm. organized, it's organized play. You're going to come across a lot of different personalities yeah. and some of them aren't just going to jive with you. But yeah. for long-term yeah. games, I haven't had, I haven't had any problems. That's um, great. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So my, my biggest advice for GMs in general, uh, what you were getting at before was like, mm-hmm. yeah, learn what works for you and build off of that. Like I, I found, yeah, I, I like to bring a sense of humor to my, to my games, uh, and joking around with the players and stuff like that, or, uh, uh, springing, springing surprises on them. Uh, just, yeah. Cut your teeth mm-hmm. on. I, I definitely I can't recommend writing a uh, playing playing through APs enough. Oh, I can't uh, either. As, like your first your first GMing experience because mm-hmm. people hand it. It's handed to you on a silver platter. It it's is. like okay, mm-hmm. here's all of the things you need. Here's the stats. Here's the plot. Here's the plot hook. Here's mm-hmm. you know a bunch of different backgrounds for your PC in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, and then you know to your comfort level. 
tweak it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Make make some changes here or there. Like I, the only boss fights that I didn't tweak when running Dead Sons, uh, you know, there's always a big boss fight at the end of the mm-hmm. AP's books. Uh, the only boss fights I didn't tweak, I felt were a little disappointing, at least from my end. Uh, mm-hmm. So I always, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Book three, I threw in twice as many uh, bone troopers uh, oh for gosh. the for the fight. Yeah, yeah, it was great. They <laughs> were like a God. they were like a supercharged <laughs> weapon firing squad. It was amazing. Um, for, uh, yeah, I wanted yeah, to so. uh, I wanted to comment on that as well. Wait, uh, where you were talking about comfort levels and things like that? Something I've learned um, while GMing as well is that uh, you know you start out with that first book and you're you know, you you get the backstories for your characters, and then as you go along, uh, you get more comfortable with the people you're playing with and your skills as a GM, and then you start to expand uh, the story to, you know, incorporate them, to incorporate ideas that you have. And so, so like you said, cannot recommend APs enough. I think they are the best launching board uh for people when they when they want to start getting into into things because who knows maybe you don't like it but now you know how to play and you can and then you can take what's in the books and what you've learned from running the ap and start building your own worlds yeah so yeah yeah 100 percent. just don't take the ap as uh everything written down in it as law oh no Uh, because (laughs) there are there are a lot of things again that i've changed um especially (laughs) especially running for the stream uh Mm -hmm. nowadays like running uh fly free or die there's a lot there's a lot of things that needed that i needed to change just because it fit my group better yeah uh was there's been a a few times too i don't know if you've ever experienced you have to let me know but have you ever had a combat that you felt just lasted way too long and you're just done with it oh yeah yeah Yeah, both from both from the player side and the gm side yes we Uh, just had one on our show and i i i like could not be bothered to finish it i was just like we're done we're done we're just gonna move on to the role-playing scene this uh we're just gonna resolve it off screen kind of so yeah yeah and uh, you know star star wars uh screen wipe right exactly and then then the players won yeah because yeah you guys got this we don't need to go through another 10 rounds of I missed. Oh, I yeah. hit. Uh, there's only so many times you can describe cutting a, a swarm component in half. Oh, with exact, your sword. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as cool as it looks in your imagination, that that cool oh, yeah. factor only lasts so long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, so you said this is for the Wednesday crew. I are they also on Twitch, or is no. this a, a yeah. private game that you have? This is a private okay. game, and I yeah I've I in the back of my mind I'm always uh, always thinking about like oh, well you know like I've thought about it once or twice mm-hmm. at least I can say yeah. uh, where it's like could be cool I'm having fun with the non-standard action but at the same time it is nice to just uh, you know as well as I do it's different it uh, playing playing for content than it is just playing with your friends uh, casually mm-hmm. like. Uh, it's it's nice to have one or two games here or there that I don't have to be one hundred percent on for. Yeah. How long <laughs> and, do your uh, your your show sessions go? So non uh, on Sunday uh, we run four hours. Okay. Uh, with a, a fifteen minute break, and then uh, Thursdays have gone to two hours. They started at three because it was kind of, it's Thursday night. It was starting and ending a little late, mm-hmm. uh, for me on the East coast. Okay. Uh, 
but yeah, and then it went down to two hours because of uh, work schedules and all that. Yeah. Thursday night, it turns out, is a lot harder to schedule around than Sunday <laughs> afternoon is. Very um, true, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, these... Where you where you said oh. it was uh it's different running on the show something something uh I I wanted to ask you about is is when you are doing because your your streams are four times as long as as our episodes you, of course we have uh like setting up and everything and and a typical recording mm. session lasts about two two and a half hours so when you're going for four hours does it uh is it on like for all four hours or do you take moments during the stream to like interact with chat or, uh, or, or just have some like, like table banter going on? So we, this, we're always, we're always on for four hours with, with a 15 minute break. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much the only time. And then there's like, we have, you know, quote unquote call time, uh, half hour before to make sure that everybody's, awake mm -hmm. uh yeah. here and uh that our levels are good and yada 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 mm -hmm. all that yeah uh, but then so we've been playing together for three yes three and three years and change okay. uh we are in our fourth year of playing together as a crew which is uh just bonkers and really cool <laughs> and uh evidence of uh i don't know evidence of something we yeah. we're we all love each other yeah but um <laughs> you so, have to I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for a group to last, uh, oh, yeah. you know, three three plus years, but it's cool. Uh, but so as a result of this uh, this history that we all have, uh, we do uh, have a tendency to sh uh, uh, shop talk or mm -hmm. get into rules conversations or just you know goof uh, a little longer than we uh, maybe should. <laughs> yeah. But like it's it's part of our charm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> We're we're a very uh, we're relatively casual. I say we all want to produce good content, mm -hmm. but we also we started the stream uh, two two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, little little over two years ago. We yeah. started the stream with the idea in mind. We don't we didn't really care if people showed up or not, like viewers showed up or not. If nothing else, it was just an excuse for us to play another game together. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. So uh, we are there to you know we're there to have fun. And uh, that is goal number one mm -hmm. is uh, have fun and create good content. But, well, at the very least, your stream is really pretty. So, oh well, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I uh, I gotta remember to tell Nick yeah. that you uh, you liked uh, their assets so much. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah no, uh, we yeah, and it, uh, it comes from. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, it comes from getting good art too. Yeah, uh, we were. <laughs> Very spoiled uh, with for our first season where our GM, Seth, uh, who has uh, since had to leave for personal reasons, mm -hmm. which uh, understood, but we miss him. Yeah. Uh, he's also a very talented artist. And so he does character art and he did all of our character art. For wow. Season. <laughs> and it was wonderful. Yeah. And it all matched in theme and it was great. And then uh, season two, same thing. But then he had to leave. And so, uh, but yes, so then we had to find a new artist for series four and all this to say, support artists, uh, give oh, yeah. them, give them money for character art because, uh, find, find an artist that you like mm -hmm. and that you're, uh, able to work with and that you're able to afford and then support them because mm -hmm. artists need our support. <laughs> they do. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. I, I went through the same thing. I found, we found one that we really liked 
and and every time I have something new, I just I just shoot her a message and I say, "Hey, are you willing mm -hmm. to draw another one?" So. Yeah. Hey, I got another one for you. Yeah. It's a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, so. th that sounds really cool. I, uh, um, I, like I said, you guys, you guys do seem very comfortable with each other. It just seems like a really great group of friends that that come together every week and uh, and play for four hours. Uh, I I can't imagine yeah. recording for four hours. I, I have a hard <laughs> time with one, but it's I, mm. I think uh, even even like like uh, like you said, it's so different with like, you know, playing with your friends. You can play for eight hours. No problem. Like I've done that before mm. because there's so much downtime where we're just like shooting the breeze or looking up rules or 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 whatever. Somebody needs to go to the restroom. So we take 15 minutes like all over the place, whereas yeah. with like an hour show, it's it's like on the whole time and you've got jokes here and there but it is such watered down table banter and so so i i i can uh commend you for going for four hours that just makes my my head hurt <laughs> uh yeah and there there are some sessions luckily i've been i'm wearing headphones right now but i've been able to uh with this new uh, well it's not a new mic i i've had it for like a year but uh with tweaking some settings and stuff i've been able to go headphone free oh, uh, and nice. just hear people over my speakers so but before that headphones did i have a big dumb head headphones <laughs> gave me headaches uh yeah. wearing them for four hours so they make your uh, ears they make your ears so hot Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, God. yeah, and yeah. then it raises your whole body temperature. It does. But uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, the four-hour thing is a relic of uh, the very first uh, origins. I'll I'll give you a brief origin story of uh, the non-standard action yes. crew because Please. again, yes. uh, just love talking about myself and my friends. <laughs> it turns out. Uh, but so we started. Uh, well, I my. I entered the scene as uh, in Starfinder Society, as I told you. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick, Simon, and Liz, three of the uh, players in my game on Sundays, um, were all playing in a society game with this uh, legend on the Cosmic Crit uh, GMing uh, Society Lodge. That's what we call it, the Society Lodge. Big Norse Wolf. Uh, he is a wonderful GM. Uh, Big Norse Wolf, if you ever happen to hear this, love you, man. But uh, he was running a society game. It was 101, the commencement. It was like one of my first, It was my, I think it was my second game ever. And mm -hmm. I see Simon is playing a Barathu soldier named Hinden, and I still remember that to this day because it was so funny because Barathu were like blimp people and Hinden, the Hindenburg. And, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. And I just got so, it. These these, yeah. these three these three people just have such great chemistry the three uh liz nick and simon mm -hmm. all playing together and uh they like brought me into it and then i was like oh man they were so cool oh wait nick and simon they run starfinder uh the the nexus uh they run that other discord server whatever <laughs> and so i was like starstruck and then simon reaches out to me uh Little did I know, he uh, I made a list of players that he uh, kept at the time to uh, sort of invite to more serious games, right? Mm -hmm. More long-term games. Yeah. Uh, so he was using society games to sort of like troll for uh, friends, if you will, which is fine. That's great. It was just so funny to me. It's very Simon, if you know Simon at all. But um, so he invited me to play Dead Sons uh, as well. That was my first AP that I ever got to play in. And the problem was... Uh, two problems. 
it was book three, not a big problem. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine because I've listened to, again, Cosmic Crit playing Dead Sons, yeah. and that was about where I'd gotten. Uh, bigger problem, though. Uh, oh, yeah, it starts at 10 p.m. your time on a Tuesday night. Oh, and my like, God. Oh, my God. You want to the, – the best part, it went until 2 a.m. Oh my time my because gosh. Nick oh. always runs four-hour sessions. Yeah. Uh, and – if you're and they told uh, at the time uh, they told us all, hey, if you're not there, I'm running without you. Uh, mm-hmm. And they because they uh, they were of the mindset and it it did drill this into us of you've got to be uh, you've got to be firm with people and tell mm-hmm. them what you want yeah. and they will show up or they'll drop. And yeah. we were God bless us, we were all there every Tuesday night and I was. A zombie oh, for the last month of school gosh. that year. <laughs> um, every Wednesday, I was just, oh, I got like four hours of sleep, but oh. it was totally worth it. Yeah. Because <laughs> then, you know, I'm in, I'm in a game again with these people mm-hmm. that I'm just like starstruck by. They're so cool. They're such good role players, and they think I'm cool and like yada yada yada. Yeah. And then, yeah, this this is all very embarrassing stuff. No. I feel like I'm back in you know, high school, yeah. but um. <laughs> And so then, uh, you know, we keep playing games. We run against the Aeon Throne, and uh, Simon brings Liz on, and a few of the other people from Dead Sons left. And then uh, we, oh, and Seth comes on as well. And then we play Signal of Screams uh, with the same exact crew. And then uh, Seth's like, hey, I was going to stream with this other crew, but that fell apart. And we were like, Bro, why didn't you ask us? We would totally stream with you. We would, and he was like, "Oh well, I didn't, I didn't." And so we start. Uh, we played Dawn of Flame as our first season of non-standard action, mm-hmm. and uh, then um, right around the time that we finished that, and we were starting up series two, uh, COVID hit, and mm-hmm. uh, so uh, we were sort of scrambling for things to do, and Jet. Uh, the most recent addition to the crew uh, was like, hey, um, y'all have an off week. And we had asked, hey, does anybody want to run something for us as like a guest spot on our show? And he was like, hey, I've got this cool Rise of the Star Lords uh, idea kicking around. It's a conversion of Rise of the Rune Lords from PF1 and Mm -hmm. think it'll be really cool. And we were like, that sounds awesome. And so we all just threw together some random characters and it turns out uh, we just invited him on uh, permanently to run that <laughs> as a second show uh, because, you know, it was COVID. Everybody yeah. was starting up a million games because nobody could go anywhere. So <laughs> exactly. uh, I, man, Spencer, I came out with like five or six games. Oh, and man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, I can't take on anymore. And once one or two of them end, I'm not adding more on because now I'm like, I've got real person responsibilities again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> now that yeah, things are finally yeah. starting to get back to normal, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Your uh, your origin story at uh, when you when you said uh, that you were on his list, I was like, oh, that sounds really prestigious. You're on Simon's <laughs> list. <laughs> I listen, man. It felt prestigious. Yeah. I was like, oh, because wow. si- again, Simon comes up with all these. I love Simon's characters. Every character he builds, he puts so much thought into, mm-hmm. and that, it's not uh, not a reflection on anybody else, but like Simon, I have always been. Uh, like impressed by his characters and so for him to like single me out and say hey come on let's let's uh i want you to play in this game as well it was like being called up to the big leagues as as (laughs) silly as that sounds um uh, and uh how so how long how long has uh the the show been running for then when did you guys start 
We started in 2019. Okay. Uh, about, I want to say it was March. It was either March or April. I know it was close to, uh, oh. we, we're a sister show, so to speak, of Cosmic Crit. Uh, and Cosmic Crit is another Starfinder actual play podcast. Mm-hmm. There's uh, solely a podcast. Like, that. that's their one format. Mm-hmm. They have a, they do streams with uh other things as well, but they were doing CritterCon. They do a, a Paizo charity con every year. Uh, they call it CritterCon. And cool. uh, yeah, so we, we started up right before that. We had a whole big, uh, you know, sort of like promotional crossover kind of thing <laughs> where our PCs fought their Aeon Throne PCs and it was uh, it was a whole shebang. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds yeah, so yeah, cool. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was a real nail biter. And, and, uh, and funnily enough, your uh, if you started in in March, we actually started in March uh, just the year before that. So, how wonderful! <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good time to start it shows, is, I guess. It is. <laughs> that's roughly when we started uh, Rise of the Star Lords on Thursdays as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, who knew March was the you know? Well, it's like springtime, and there's just podcast yes, flowers yes. popping up everywhere. So no, my. My grandpappy always told me, son, if you want to start a podcast, you better do it in March. <laughs> <laughs> the crops are real good in March. Yes, yes, exactly. The, the audio crops. <laughs> the audio crops. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I found the name for this interview, audio crops. <laughs> audio crops. I love it. <laughs> a bountiful audio a bountiful crop audio harvest. Crop harvest. Uh, yeah. That that sounds like a lot of fun. I uh, I you and so currently you're running the the uh, the fly free or die on Sundays, and then remind me which ones on is on Thursdays. Yes, we are doing rise. Uh, we're it's rise of the star lords. Rise of the star lords. That's okay. conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's conversion of rise of the rune lords from Pathfinder One. So anybody who's played that or read that or mm-hmm. run that will be familiar with a lot of the the big beats in this one. Yeah. But Jet has done a fantastic job of converting and uh, and it it re- just sounds like it. absolutely magical to me to put that such a popular adventure in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, no, yeah. people are loving it, uh, and I, bet, I yeah. again, I've I've never played Pathfinder One. Mm-hmm. I never played uh, Rise of the Rune Lords, but yeah, it's a crazy storyline, man. Yeah. I I'm I'm playing a Raxalite Mystic in it, and cool. he's just holding on for dear life. <laughs> it it sounds very original. It sounds like it sounds very fresh because uh, you know, and especially in the beginning there where they didn't have a lot of adventures, it just I, and like not to like disparage anybody, but it just there were like a million uh, Dead Sons podcasts, like because that's all there was. Oh, sure. So so it, it, yeah. it sounds very fresh and original and and very cool. Um, I I do think I'm gonna have to check more of it out. I watched an episode in the Dawn of Flame. Oh series. yes, okay. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think I watched the first episode of that. Uh, and uh and that's 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 just the one i picked so <laughs> yeah well episode one of dawn of flame was pretty magical i really liked that one a lot <laughs> i can was. still remember that vividly <laughs> yeah. i you know that was that was our very first episode right so mm-hmm. I, oh, I okay yeah I, mm-hmm. I can still i can still hear seth's opening monologue right and the music yeah. that he had playing over it, it was oh, just, oh i chef's kiss. i i i i could not stop laughing when he started playing the music too 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's got this whole soundtrack for his monologue. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 No, Seth is uh, a fantastic artist. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they yeah. all are. You've got, you've got such a wonderful cast. Uh, just, and like I said, again, just a really great group of people that just seem like they, you know, really great friends. They've known each other for a while and you can, you can kind of feel it, uh, when you're watching it. It just, uh, you know, it's 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 uh it's always interesting when you find a show like that uh that that kind of makes you feel like you're at the table just because the people who are playing are so comfortable with each other that you can like imagine yourself there because you're like oh that you know that seems like a really great group I'd love to have a group like that so oh. yeah I well, think I think you. you guys I think you guys do a fantastic job I'll definitely have to check out this uh, Rise of the Star Lords adventure that just sounds absolutely brilliant. I do, and I do have a few people I'm going to recommend it to because they're uh, they're big big Rise of the Rune Lord stars, so or fans. Yeah. Excuse me, not stars, fans. <laughs> oh well, I mean, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I I can assure you, there's probably I, well. I'm 95% certain that nobody else is running a Rise of the Rune Lords conversion of, into Starfinder right now. Yeah, so. I don't I don't know of anybody else. Maybe there is. You never know. It's the internet and and it's huge. It's vast. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I I wanted to just thank you again for being on the show, taking time out of your your busy schedule to uh, let me interview you. Um, before we go, uh, I just want to wrap up with uh, having you you tell people where they can find you uh, on the internet. Wonderful. All right. So, yeah, we've got uh, – it may have come up once or twice, but we are a Twitch stream as our main you know, big-ticket event, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but So you can find us on twitch.tv slash forward slash non-standard action, uh, N-O-N. S T A N D A R D A C T I O N. Wow, I've never had to spell that out like that before. That was, felt weird. Yeah. You know, you probably know how to spell non and standard and action. Yeah. It's all. It's those three words in quick succession. Uh, and then that is that is how you can find us pretty much on any socials as well on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, addition uh, in addition to the Twitch channel, though, we do uh, upload our streams on YouTube. And as a podcast format, so you can find us on YouTube at Non-Standard Action as well. And that on that, you can see our face cams and stuff like that. For We added face cams in after Series 1. So Series 1, Dawn of Flame, no face cams. Uh, Threefold Conspiracy, Rise of the Star Lords, and Fly Free or Die all have face cams. Uh, you get to see our lovely faces. I've been told I have a particularly nice face uh, as well as a good voice. It's a it's a miracle, really. And then you got you the can... you got the double you got the double. I have a nice face for radio. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard I've so, heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you were double blessed. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, one other thing you should know about me is I'm very humble. Uh, so we can't all be like me. No. But uh, that's that's okay. Uh, and finally, if you want to ever uh, reach out to us, you can hit us at nonstandardaction at gmail .com, or you can join us on. We have a Discord server which. I believe uh, Spencer said will be in the d description of this show. So yes. you can uh, Twitch, YouTube, social medias, podcatcher, you name it. We've probably got it. 
perfect. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys sound like you're out there. So if uh, any of this sounds interesting to you, make sure you give them a follow on the on the social medias and check out their show on on Twitch uh, Sundays and Thursdays. What time on Sundays and Thursdays? Uh, Sunday, Fly for Your Die is at 12 p.m. EDT. And then uh, Thursdays for Rise of the Star Lords is at 9 p.m. EDT. Perfect. Uh, that one is 9 to 11 EDT, so Perfect. two hours. Perfect. So yes, if uh, like I said, if it sounds interesting to you and you wanna you wanna check out the awesome cast on the non-standard action show, uh, make sure you do so. And uh, and once again, thank you so much, Tom, for being on the show. This has been a real treat, a real pleasure. <laughs> of course. Thank you very much for having me, Spencer. I've enjoyed talking yeah. to you. And uh, and good luck with uh, with any uh, any future things. Oh wait, actually, before we go, do you have anything in the future that you're working on that you can that you can plug? Mm. Well, I can say very recently we did an interview with Paizo's managing editor Leo Glass, who also happened to write one of the uh, one of the books for Fly for Your Die, Book Two, Merchants of the Void. Cool. Really great guy. Yeah. Uh, that was on our most recent episode, which I want to say is episode seventeen of Fly for Your Die. But uh, so keep an eye out for that. That's uh, that's going to be released pretty soon okay. uh, to YouTube and podcast. Other than that. Uh, we're we're just gonna keep plugging away at these two APs that we're playing. Well, very so. cool, very cool. Thank you again. Uh, you have a wonderful night. Good luck with everything, <laughs> everything you've got going on. Uh, and uh, and then uh, uh, thank you everybody for listening as well. I never know how to wrap these up, so I just like to say goodbye. <laughs> thank you. Come with me and you'll see All the junk we stash behind the curtain There is no word I know In this world that rhymes with curtain I'm fairly certain